Hey everyone, Yatay, this is Kelvin. Welcome to episode 27 of Res Metal Podcasts. On this episode, I talk with the band Tribal Gaze, and I talk with members Quentin, who's the guitarist, and McKenna, who's the vocalist. Uh, Tribal Gaze, they are a death metal band from the Dallas, Texas area, and uh, they you know, caught my ear a few months back when they released their debut EP called Godless Voyage, which was released by Desert Wastelands Productions. And uh, when they put out their EP, they got shout-outs from uh, metal legends like Max Cavalera from Soulfly and Trevor Sternad from Black Dolly Murder. So I definitely had to check them out. And um, also I caught them on a Mall Monday Instagram live stream a few months back. And uh, I remember hearing uh, them tell the story about how they started out uh, during the pandemic just playing Suffocation cover songs. And then that led to them, you know, writing their own material in that style. And then also how they came up with the name Tribal Gaze, which um, I think I believe the guitarist Quentin was playing Resident Evil 5. And then there's this part in the game where the you have to approach a, a tribal village and then that kind of sparked that concept of you know you know missionaries and explorers approaching an untouched um uh tribal village and then the idea was that that initial contact was um seeing the tribal gaze across the river which um I don't remember exactly that was from that um, Ball Monday live stream, but I don't know, I just found like a really cool and um, interesting band history. But um, yeah, I had a good talk with them uh, over this weekend and got to hear more about them as an up-and-coming band, um, plans for their next release, and then just the metal scene in the Texas area. So I hope everyone you know, checks them out on the streaming services and uh, also, if you can, you know, just support the band by, you know, getting merch so that they can, you know, keep the momentum um, and then also, you know, eventually start touring once the, you know, pandemic can calm down. Um, but yeah, check out this clip from Travel Gaze. And then after that, stay tuned for the interview. All right. Check it out. Where are you guys calling from? Uh, he's calling from Dallas. I'm calling from Longview, Texas. Oh, okay. How far? Yeah. How far apart are, this, are those two places? About uh, two hours. Oh damn. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in uh, Fort Defiance, Arizona. It's on the Navajo Reservation. Oh, shit. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's like right on the border of uh, New Mexico. I've never been out that way before. That's like one of my bucket list things. I want to go see the desert. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a ways, you know, the the main interstate that cuts through New Mexico and, you know, Arizona is I-40. So it's about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes off of the interstate, the main interstate. Oh, okay. Um, um but yeah i um just been doing podcasts here because you know there's just like not a lot to do here and uh our reservation is still kind of shut down like our we have like a tribal president who hasn't fully opened up our like operations so you know it's still still kind of shut down oh okay so it's still shut down from like the first time yeah 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 how's it out there uh, we experienced like a little hint of freedom. Um, Texas kind of like usually the last to do anything for whatever reason. So whenever, or, or in this case, it was kind of like one of the first to start opening stuff up. And um, so for the past month or so, everything's been like pretty normal or well, not even that few months, really everything's been pretty normal. And then uh, now uh, bigger cities are starting to go back into lockdown so it's 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 pretty unsure again i know austin just went to stage four so i'm not sure where dallas is at which is where we do all of our practicing and where most of our hometown shows are going to be so right so i um yeah i follow travel gaze on social media you guys have a show this weekend yep yeah Uh, we have two hours hell yeah (laughs) and um I believe you guys just had your first show right at that wrecking ball madness fest. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. That was how, a lot of fun. Yeah. How was that? Like how, I mean, yeah, I know I looked at the set list times and you guys were like the first, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy because it was such a badass show that it kind of spoiled us a little bit because since that was our first show, you know, it, it being as big as it was with as many badass bands on it as it was, it's going to be like hard to scratch that same itch. You know, um, the show we're doing today is going to be pretty cool. I'm kind of stoked on the bands we're playing with and it's going to be in like a smaller venue and the stage will be a little bit smaller. So it'll be like a, a, a nice mix up of what we just did. But, um, yeah, it's crazy to play a show that size as your first show. It's definitely like it's something you don't forget, and it's something you want to you want to try to either you know top or stay on par with that size show. But you know, it's it's hard when it's like that's probably the biggest death metal show of the year. <clears throat> yeah, yeah as soon as playing, we're like, as soon as we got done playing, we're like, damn, all right, what's the next show? We're ready to get back on stage like ASAP. Yeah. But was there was there a big pretty big turnout for you guys in being the opening then? Yeah, I, I actually saw a interview that Chad from Frozen Soul did yesterday or the day before, and he said that there was already over five hundred people there by the time we played, and that it ended up being about a thousand by the time they played. Damn, so five hundred people is I mean shit. That's that's great. You can't ask for you know better than that. Oh <clears> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, as soon as I saw that lineup, I was just like blown away, especially with like creeping death. I think creeping death is one of my favorite bands that I've picked up on within the last few years. 
what a live band that is man no no kidding yeah are they from yeah. you guys area the dallas area yeah mm -hmm. we actually share the same practice building with them we we practice at a big like universal building uh and most most people use it for um a practice space for their band but um we actually were a few rooms over from them so yeah awesome um but yeah and then congrats on that first show it sounds like a hell of a first show thank you um yeah i, I just want to let you guys know you know i did pick up on travel gaze like just this year with um uh you guys like i think quinn you were on the mall mondays with uh uh, oh, yeah. Garrett from mall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been a fan of the mall Mondays and been checking them out like, um, pretty regularly, but yeah, I remember just like hearing travel gaze and kind of like hearing the, the story and the name behind travel gaze. And, you know, always that really kind of like got me really like, you know, interested and, uh, I was able to get you guys, uh, albums off your, uh, band camp site. That's cool. Uh, your EP, your EP. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we we call it both too. So, <laughs> yeah, um, and then, yeah, I uh, love Garrett's a great dude. <clears throat> I, I really appreciate what he's done for us. He's really tried to help us get our name out there and showed us love right out of the gate. <clears throat> so, um, definitely a day one homie right there for sure. And he actually flew from North Dakota to be at that Wrecking Ball show, so we got to hang with him that day. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, he actually talked to me too on my my podcast uh, about a month ago. So yeah, he's super cool. Yeah, he's great, dude. Um, they played their first show back, I think, last weekend, and that should look wild too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, where where I'm at here on the Navajo Reservation, the there's not a lot of live shows on the reservation, but then there's a town uh, about thirty miles away that you know is able to host um shows so i went to a show last month and it was like all um it was mostly like you know bands from the navajo reservation there's a lot of heavy metal bands uh, around here especially in the like this um area where i'm from um but um not a whole lot of like uh like straight up death metal bands i think a lot of the bands you know kind of play like like kind of like thrash and kind of like deathcore too. So, but oh, okay. it's, it's still sick. I still like, you know, I still like hearing new bands around here. Yeah. Live music is, is fun. Sometimes literally no matter what the genre is like lately, I've been really wanting to step out and start going to some country shows and stuff. I feel like, um, growing up, I kind of limited myself to just going to <clears throat> hardcore and metal and metal core shows, like growing up as like a teenager and now that I'm like, I'm 26 now and it's like my music, the music I like has expanded so much that I now I just want to go to every possible show, especially since COVID almost, you know, made everybody seem like we might not be able to go to shows again. So now I'm kind of just trying to go to anything I can at this point. Yeah. No, you guys are definitely from a, uh, an area with like just tons of like, you know musicians you know country hip-hop uh rock metal like just it was like every weekend too like all kinds of genres and shit just anything like if any kind of genre you want to go see you could probably go to a show like almost any weekend yeah at least that's how it is 
yeah growing up um uh being i guess my first exposure to like just like music in general um i think one of the big ones was uh george Strait. so he's oh shit uh, okay texas texas artist so oh yeah um, and then um yeah i grew up in like a small town so country is always like gonna be um favored out of like any genre but um but yeah i definitely heard a lot of george Strait growing up are you uh are you familiar with charlie crockett uh not a whole lot well he is he's next up believe me like that dude i feel like is really making a print in the country scene right now he's 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 just um uh, he's super different and i'm i'm willing to bet anything that in the next two years he's going to be like one of the biggest country stars um he just played in Dallas and I missed it and I'm kicking myself for it. I can't even remember what I had to do that made me miss it. But, um, you should definitely check out, uh, Charlie Crockett. He makes like, he puts out music videos left and right. So there's like a lot of stuff, uh, to watch on YouTube and stuff. I think he's he probably has like 10 or more music videos, but that's like all this, this past like two weeks. Yeah. Another, uh, another country artist I like is Midland. I think they're, they're Texas as well. What is Midland? it? Midland. Midland. Yeah. I like okay. I Midland's pretty good. Oh shit! Okay, it just felt like a, a song, like a little EP, not too long ago. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. My my brother's really a uh, big fan of them. Um, mm. And uh, I think I want to say one of the members grew up in Arizona, then moved to Texas. Um, mm. You know, now subject before I forget, um, there are some uh, fellow Texas homies that are in. They're in a couple of bands. They're in Temple of Angels, and uh, or at least one of them is, and another death metal band called Haunter. They just put out EP, um, and that band's called Calico Bond. Yeah, and they just put out something too, and I think they're going to blow up too. And they're really good too. <clears throat> so I feel like I need to give them a shout out for sure. Oh yeah, no, I, I lately I just been looking at my collection and a lot of. Um... A lot of bands I noticed from Texas, I have um, like Skeleton, um, Steel Bearing Hand was one of them. Um, oh yeah. Oh, um, Malignant Altar. I think uh, I have a. Oh, was able to pick sure. up some Malignant Altar. For sure. And, oh, Fro Frozen Soul. Oh, glad. Yeah, got to. Yeah. Kings of Texas death metal right there. <clears throat> they're doing. They're doing a lot for the scene. They're really. Um, <clears throat> they're pumping a lot of resources into the scene and they're doing a, a really good thing in Dallas. They, uh, they put on that, that wrecking ball show and it, 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 to me, it couldn't have gone better. I mean, I know everybody, you know, says what they say about the AC, but like, personally, I don't even think the fans really cared too much about the, the heat. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that the, there was like an AC problem at a wrecking ball, like halfway through or something. Um, actually I heard a, a podcast with McKenna, uh, the, and then I remember, yeah, hearing about that story uh, that the AC kicked yeah. off and they're trying to shorten the, the, the time for the show. Yeah. It was weird because they never actually said they were going to shut the show down. The security just ran around saying the wrong shit <clears throat> and, um, like a transformer blue or something like a week before and they thought it was fixed and it wasn't. And so I guess if, when it blew again, they had to shut the AC off or something. And it was, it was just a big mess, but it's like, I don't even think anybody really cared about that too much. Everybody was having so much fun that I haven't really heard anything negative about that show. 
like it, yeah, it was it was probably stressful to be running that show and to realize that the AC was off and then the <clears throat> venue was still charging people for water and stuff. But all, all together, they did like a pretty insane job throwing that shit together. So <clears throat> I think they're really holding it down for the Texas death metal scene right now. Yeah, yeah. Hope they can you know keep hosting that show again. Though. I mean, that just looks like a sick event that they can do yeah, like every year. Every year for sure. Um, just, uh, so I think, uh, I, you know, a lot of my, uh, listeners for my podcast are kind of local from my area. So I don't think a lot of people heard of, uh, uh, tribal gaze. So I'm trying to like, you know, get bands that I like and try to get them to check them out. But, um, I guess, uh, do you mind, uh, just giving a quick, uh, history of tribal gaze, like, um, just kind of like when and how the band started? Yeah, sure. Um, sometime i believe it was in april yeah it was in april uh me and the guitarist uh ian who also lives in longview with me um we just started this as a project to just have something fun to do because we thought we didn't really know what the quarantine was going to mean we didn't know if it was going to mean like you know you can't leave your house like whatsoever for like a month like it was everything was still like up in the air so we were just like, let's make a little project just to give us something to do. And he originally came over to learn a suffocation cover. <clears throat> we were just going to learn a suffocation cover. And then we got probably like a minute into it. And our, our attention spans really shitty when it comes to learning songs. Like we immediately just want to start working on something like original. And, um, so probably like 30 minutes into actually trying to learn the song, we're just like, fuck it. Let's just write our own. And then we'll just like write songs during the quarantine. And then um, <clears throat> a couple months later, we will actually pretty much right off the bat. We got our bassist Zach. Um, we hit him up. He was down to do it. And then we hit up Kenna because of a hardcore band. He used to be in like 10 years ago. We remembered that he sounded badass, And we're like, I'm sure he'll, you know, he'll be perfect for this project. We'll just do it up. Just us three. And then, um, or us four. And it wasn't until we started actually writing some like cooler music. Cause whatever we were writing at first was kind of like whatever. And then every time we wrote another song, it kept kind of getting better and better. And then, cause I got pro tools. I used all my, uh, what do you call it? <clears throat> um, stimulus money. I used all my stimulus money on recording stuff. And so I was like, let's, you know, let's just do it this way. We'll just do our own shit, you know, not try to go record it anywhere. And, um, I actually hit up my buddy, Chad from frozen soul to do our logo for us. And when I sent him the stuff, he's like, yo, maybe you should take this seriously. Like, you know, this is, this is stuff's pretty good. I think people would like it. You should try to do something with it. And so, um, he's like, you know, if you take this serious, if you get some good promos done, you get your merch intact and everything. Um, you should probably hit up a label. So we hit up desert wastelands and pretty surprised because, you know, like I said, this just started off as like a hobby. We, we didn't know we were going to try to take it to its you know full extent. And, uh, yeah. And then we ended up, um, releasing the album with desert wastelands back in March. Well, we hit them up in December. So we, we pretty much knew in December that that's what the plan was. And then we had to wait till March to release the album. And yeah, and then we got. Yeah. Did you have any uh, other labels that were interested, or or was Desert Wasteland the main one? 
we, we only sent it to two. We sent it to Maggot Stomp and Desert Wastelands pretty much at the same time. And uh, Sean hit us back up immediately. He was like, I'd love to do it. And then I think uh, Scott messaged us back uh, like two weeks later or something and said he wasn't, he wasn't signing bands at the time. He wished us luck. You know, he was like, you know, this album art's badass, you know, good luck to y'all. But Sean was down from the moment he heard it. And so we knew instantly. And now like <clears throat> Sean's just like one of our best buds. So that, it ended up working out pretty well. I'm glad we went with Sean. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely got it right here. Got the, got the, the record. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, too much glare. So. Um, yeah, that's that. The artwork is sick. I mean, you got one of the best artists in in metal to do. Do you guys a really sick uh, album art? Was yeah, he there, just, yeah. How how was the process of getting that? Did you just uh, ask him, or did did you guys give him ideas? Or it was funny. There, there's. I think there might be a bit of a language barrier. Like, I, I think he speaks English, obviously, but um. <clears throat> we um we didn't know how to to describe what we were going for so we told him just listen to the music and whatever you feel is necessary for it i think ian said we just want some evil looking shit maybe the mountains in the background he was like but you do whatever you feel is best and that that made him happy it gave him like full creative ability to you know just to do whatever he wanted and it, it came out perfect i couldn't have imagined a better um album cover for that ep so he 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 did exactly what we were thinking without even without us thinking it if that makes sense <clears throat> yeah having artwork from him just automatically gives you like credibility and you know in in my point of view like him and just a handful of other artists who you know do a artwork just automatically gets my attention so so that mm -hmm. was that was really good I think we had to book him three months in advance. So we hit him up in June or July. <clears throat> and then we got the artwork at the end of September. Okay. And then yeah. um, I was looking at the, like the credits, you know, the album credits and you did, it looks like you did a lot of the work, right? Quentin, you did like the, the drumming, the guitaring recording. And also I heard you did like the mastering as well or the mixing. Yeah, I, I did most everything in my living room because, uh, like I said, since we were just starting this out as a, as a hobby, I didn't expect to have to get a whole band together and to have to, um, get a label involved and get promo. Like I didn't know any of that was going on. So I figured, you know, I'll just do this myself. And then also we, we hit up a couple of, um, producers to do the mix and mastering but I'm just, I'm super picky. I'm super particular with tones and I'm not a producer. Like I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know how to make us sound like what I want us to sound like. So, um, after going through a couple of producers and it not coming out like perfectly, like how I was envisioning it, I just said, fuck it. And I just, just did it myself. Yeah. McKenna, did you, uh, do the vocals at, uh, Quentin's place? Wait for the recording. Uh, I did the vocals in Ian's closet. Yeah, he actually did them in Ian's closet. <laughs> Which uh, we I found out that that's where I do my best vocals. Like I'll practice some of my house, but when I, as soon as soon as I walk through Ian's door for some reason, I just like unleash something. It's like crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sick. And then like even all the way down to the lyrics, I was just kind of like going through it, and um, 
I don't know if you guys heard of a movie called um, At Play in the Fields of the Lord. It came out like in 1991. Like, oh. I feel like the lyrics really play along with that film. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So in the film, actually, um, so, you know, I read a lot of like books and there's this uh, Max Cavalera like biography book. And in this book, Max Cavalera talks about uh, what inspired him to write the, you know, the Roots album. And he mentioned that this movie um, at play in the fields of the Lord um, is what inspired him to write the roots album. And so I went and checked out the movie and the movie is really trippy. You know, it's about this, um, like, I think there's, you know, the Eric, the actor, Tom Berenger, he plays like a, like a Cherokee uh, native person. And he's like living in Brazil and he's sent on a mission to like bomb a village in, in Brazil. But okay. I guess like, you know, as he's about to do it, he like has this vision. He sees all the tribal people that start to resemble his own people. So then he like, you know, he drive, he like crashes the plane. He jumps out of the plane and parachutes into the tribal village. And I guess the tribal people like see him and they, they think he's like some kind of God sent from the sky. So then they start like worshiping him. And then, so then there's these missionaries that are, you know, coming to, um, spread their religion. And then I think one of the religious people start, uh, gets sick and starts getting all the other like tribal village people, uh, really sick. Uh-huh. And, um, I believe in the end, I want to say that, the the mission that he was sent out for, like it was actually carried out by some other people. So like there was like a, a big bombing. And so everyone gets like, you know, uh, annihilated, like the tribal people, the, the, the missionaries. And I think the only survivor was that guy, Tom Berenger, the, the Cherokee native guy. And so it's a really trippy movie. Damn. Damn. So, was, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to have to watch that. Now that seems really intriguing. Yeah. I, I found it on Amazon prime. Like I think I had to like rent it for like two bucks or something, but yeah. Um, at play in the fields of the Lord is uh, the name of the movie. Let me double check the title really quick. Okay. No, that that's like right on par with with what we were imagining vocally for this. It's weird because the the album has like one overall theme, but then Godless Voyage is kind of like it's kind of like a, a little movie on its own. I think originally we wanted to do the entire EP about the story that is Godless Voyage, which is, you know, missionaries show up to uh, you know, an untouched civilization who doesn't need their religion and has been doing fine for thousands of years without it. And, uh, and then we ended up writing the other songs basically to be more, um, to be more of a broad outlook on it. So instead of just repeating or trying to tell the same story throughout five songs, we just did it all in one song. And then the other songs just touch on the the broader theme of it without having to be specific to the story itself if that makes sense <clears throat> and yeah, then the cool. the new ep we're working on right now it it furthers that idea with with like leaving the the tribal part of it somewhat behind this one is gonna go towards more of a <clears throat> i don't know i don't know how to explain it it has a lot to do with uh I've been I've been looking up a lot of like biblical stuff. I've been trying to be actually knowledgeable about the religion that I feel like is is I don't want to say doing a lot of damage, but the way it can be weaponized, it, it does a lot of damage. 
so lately I've been really getting in, I've been like reading the Bible and stuff and like really trying to get to the, to the, the truth about what I'm saying, I guess, and be like more knowledgeable about it as we write lyrics. Oh, that's yeah. That's amazing. Can't wait. Um, so you said the next release is going to be an EP, um, versus not a full length or it's weird because we originally wanted to do a full length next, but I, I, it's, I don't want to say I don't like full lengths, but I'm, it's to me, a lot of times full lengths end up being two or three of the main songs you wanted everybody to hear. Uh, maybe a couple of songs from the EP you put out before. And then a couple of songs that end up just kind of being like a song that's in that genre. Like you needed some songs to, to further cement that you are that genre. So they end up kind of just being filler songs. Like, and I'm sure a lot of bands maybe aren't thinking that when they're writing, but I just, sometimes my attention span when I'm listening to like a full death metal album, there's not like a, a lot of full death metal albums I can get from start to finish without wanting to just change it or hear like a, another death metal album. So we wrote five of like the best songs I feel like I've ever like had any part of writing and I'm, we're super proud of them. And we figured we could, we could spend another time writing another four or five songs, or we could just maybe put this out. It, it's still a little bit up in the air, but for the most part, it'll probably be just another EP just for, just for attention span wise. I feel like people sometimes when you just give them a little bit out of a time, a little bit of a, eh, a little bit at a time, they appreciate it more. If that makes sense. No, that does actually, uh, you know, um, mall the way mall has been releasing material. I don't know if they did it on purpose, but you know, they've been doing like a demo, then a demo, then an EP, then a live, and then like it, a, a demo or like, you know, they, they kind of spread their, their releases out. And I think that really, you know, it, it has a lot of shelf life, you know, or, I mean, it's a short release, but then it's long enough for the next, like, you know, EP or demo. So I think the way they been doing things, I really like. We live in a different time. We live in a time of like really shitty attention spans just in general. And I think, um, some of my favorite releases from bands have just been demos. And so I feel like, the mall is a really good example because they they'll put a couple songs out and it gives you a chance to really absorb the full thing that they just put out. And then they give you a little bit more and you absorb the whole thing. Sometimes bands will come out with a whole album and I'll listen to the first three songs and they'll be like badass. And then I might only listen to those three songs for like a few weeks. And then as some time progresses, I'll make my way like farther down the EP or the album. I mean, and that mainly that's just that's just my own attention span like issue. And so I guess I would imagine a lot of people are like that where, you know, 30 years ago, if you bought an album, you had to take it home. You had to listen to it. Now you can just get on YouTube and you can cycle through 100 bands in an hour, you know. So I, I think it might be the smart move to do another EP. And I think people will be pleased with it for sure it'll give them a chance to have like four or five songs that I think everybody's really going to love and not to have any songs that they're just like, yeah, that one's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, looking forward to it. And then, uh, as far as like live shows, uh, have you guys had any talks of doing any touring like outside of your, your area? Oh yeah. We have a really, really cool opportunity come in at the beginning of next year. Uh, assuming that no, 
COVID shit happens again or like more lockdowns don't, you know, start popping up. Um, we have a really cool opportunity at the beginning of next year that we have to keep secret for a while. But yeah. And then we'd also probably take, if somebody hit us up to go on a different tour between now and then we'd probably, you know, depending on the situation, we'd probably take that too. We're kind of just down to play wherever right now we're, we're saving up for a tour van. And once that tour van hits, I mean, we're going to do whatever. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, uh, wanting to see you guys live, uh, at some point, um, I'll make the drive. I mean, the closest place would probably be like Phoenix or Albuquerque, but you know, it's, it'd be worth it to, to check you guys out live. We'd love yeah. to come out. We're trying to go everywhere we possibly can really. Yeah, oh yeah. I know my, like my area, there's tons of metal fans, but I'd say the closest place would be either like Gallup, New Mexico or Albuquerque. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, when I put out this, uh, podcast, my listeners can definitely, um, get, you know, get into tribal gaze and, uh, that would you know, be- you guys can keep, you know, building this momentum. <clears throat> that would be cool. And yeah. that would love to have the, uh, the, the native support. Cause I'm, I'm half native American. So the native culture is like super important to me. So I, I think it's pretty cool that you live out there. My, uh, my great, no, no, no. My grandma lived on a reservation and I actually never got to go see her over there. And I always wanted to know like what the culture was like over there and everything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, there, there's like a lot of good things and there's also kind of a lot of bad things too. Like, I think a lot of it's just being isolated and yeah, the, the, the employment rate is just like, you know, terrible. And then a lot of the, like, you know, the, the health system too is, you know, um, is not the best, but you know, we definitely try. Yeah. definitely try to, you know, look at the good things and, you know, especially, um, culture, like, you know, the language and just the culture and, um, philosophy is like something that I, I think a lot of people still, you know, um, recognize and they really hold on to. So that's kind of what makes living out here, you know, really, you know, really good and beautiful, but but then you just got to balance that out with like, you know, the, the stuff that like the, like the isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually lived in Phoenix. So uh, I moved here last year, but I was in Phoenix. So I was kind of spoiled out there. I would go to like a lot of metal shows, like two, three times a week, but now I'm kind of, <laughs> well, I mean, the shows haven't really fully kicked off right. yet, but still, you know, well, they- it was something cool to have. Oh yeah. What made, what made you uh, move out of Phoenix to be at the uh, reservation? Oh yeah. So, um, I, so I graduated, um, uh, school in, I went to university of North Dakota for um, medical school and then I went to Phoenix for my residency. So I did three years of, uh, like an internal medicine residency. And then I, um, last year was right when the pandemic was like, you know, kicking the reservations ass. So then I, uh, I just felt like I should probably, you know, look into maybe going out there just to try to, you know, I, I guess I just kind of really felt like I really wanted to come back and, uh, work on the, work on the reservation in the, I uh, work in a small awesome. clinic. So, but, uh, through all that time, like I've always like, like listen to music, listen to metal, you know, really just kind of, I think got more serious about school and, but then, at the same time, like I just got more obsessed with like metal and like, you That's know, pretty just, bad. yeah. 
<laughs> that's pretty cool yeah uh, so like when i lived in north dakota i followed a lot of those north dakota bands like um well i mean mall and football feel like they're fairly new but um gorgatron i think gorgatron is the one and then uh, there's one from uh bismarck uh north dakota shoot uh, i forget their name but yeah i always like kind of been drawn to them um which is probably why i was drawn to mall too uh-huh. um but it's it's okay though i mean luckily the weather's been good and all my family lives close by so they're you know i definitely that's, spend a lot of time with them um that's yeah yeah thanks uh and then um i'm almost uh to my last question but um i've been asking like a lot of the bands a similar uh question to this but um i guess i can kind of modify it to like the the texas version but uh we could start with uh right. you uh quinn so if you were to put a, a show together with travel gaze um like a if you were to pick five acts from texas from any genre um who would you put I'll, actually i'll go first um i would put travel gaze skeleton power trip george Strait, and pantera that'd be my five that is a very solid list. Let me think here. Um, I mean, obviously Power Trip. Power Trip's going to be there. If I could put Power Trip four times, and then us, I would, but I will say uh, Power Trip, Mammoth Grinder, Frozen Soul, Tribal Gaze. And then the, uh, the next one is tough because I love my homies in Flesh Rot. I love my homies in Combat. I also love Malignant Altar a lot. Oh, man, that would be tough. It it would. I literally wouldn't know how to pick between the rest of them. It would be tough because I literally am such good friends with the dudes in combat, and um, and and love flesh rod a lot too. So it, it would just. It'd probably just be up to one of them too. That I would. I wouldn't be able to choose between the two. How about you, McKenna? That's that was a solid answer though. Uh, picking that last like slot would be tough that's, for sure especially if, you know, if you're homies with a lot of them yeah yeah uh, my, my list pretty much kind of looks the same it'd be mammoth power trip i'd probably go ahead and get flesh rotten combat on there just because uh quentin could get a travel gaze and throw development yeah, on yeah, there that's right it, we didn't even get to see them at Wrecking Ball because everybody, the security was telling everybody to leave. They were saying that the show was closing down. So we got all our stuff and hauled ass out the door and then got home and saw people posting that devourment went on. We were like, what the fuck? So I forgot. Yeah, that's that's a good one, too. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I've only heard like the, the relapse. um the last few relapse releases for devourment so i definitely need to go back and look at their older material um, yeah what's it called uh De molesting the decapitated i think uh, that's uh that's pretty much a timeless classic mm -hmm. and honest seen majesty is too it's it's pretty it's heavy it's weird because i'm i'm as much into riffs as i am production in certain ways and i think um the, my only thing with that album is the guitar tone makes it kind of hard for me to tell what's going on, but 
it makes the chugs, it makes the slam parts like stupid heavy. It's like the perfect tone for that. But then with the rest of it, I can't make it out as well. But um, as far as like writing and stuff, I feel like that that's probably their best album. That's definitely like their most heavy. So awesome. Um, yeah, I think uh, you guys kind of got all my questions. I got like a, a big like two pages of stuff. But um, oh, cool. yeah, you guys oh, definitely yeah. hit on a lot. And um, yeah, thanks again for doing this. No problem. That was my talk with Tribal Gaze members Quentin and McKenna. Thanks again, guys, for taking the time to talk with me and let me share your music. Um, hope everyone gets a chance to, you know, check out that EP. Um, it's available on pretty much all the streaming platforms: Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, etc. And uh, be sure to check out their Bandcamp site where they have. Um, physical uh, copies of their album and also uh, merch that you can pick up um yeah you know as you can tell i'm a you know just big fan of um you know metal music and both uh locally and nationally so uh, i do want to you know keep talking to you know bands and especially uh locally uh, around the reservation and um yeah just you know want to keep spreading the word and um I'm going to go ahead and play a, a song from the, the EP. It's going to be the last track called uh, Godless Voyage. So um, check it out and, um, you know, take care. Be safe. Till next time.